0: Tell of all his wondrous works. No one can fathom. Tell of all his wonders. No remember, fathom. Fathom. Wonders he's... remember the wonders he has done.
1: No one Found can them. fathom. Wonderful, Wonderful to, tell. to tell. Wonderful to tell. Hi, guys. This is Wonderful to Tell. I'm Tracy Conrad. It's our honor to introduce you to Diane Carlson who takes us through her journey from a downtown Dallas lawyer with one of the largest law firms in the world to becoming the Director of Justice Initiatives for ALARM. ALARM is an acronym that stands for African Leadership and Reconciliation Ministries. ALARM trains and equips African leaders, providing them with the tools, knowledge, and skills needed to rewrite the stories of African families, communities, and nations. If you aren't familiar with Alarm, we've shared their link on our website at wonderfultotell.com so you can learn more about this amazing ministry after the show. Here's Diane Carlson sharing her story.
0: As Karen said, I'm a lawyer. Started as a lawyer, 1985. I remember the day that I got the bar exam results and passed the bar and we were being sworn in. And my dad reached over to me and said, thank God you got a paying job. I was really afraid that you were going to just give it all away. And I thought, it just now occurred to me how fitting that that comment was. Because I I went off to, to school and, in his view, left the fine conservative confines of Texas and became a bleeding heart liberal because I went to a, a college in North Carolina that had a bunch of liberals involved with it. So um, I came home kind of having a, a bleeding heart. I didn't realize how clear it was that I had a bleeding heart until Dad made that comment. But I went through um, as a lawyer with big law firm. I was in-house counsel with American Airlines. I quit to have a few children. I was planning to start a mediation practice, and then we got divorced, so I needed something more steady and more lucrative. So I went back to a big law firm um, and started what I thought was the best career in the world. International labor and employment. And what that means is it's, it's a combination of choice of law, conflict of laws, whose law applies when, on whom, over whom, and whose treaty is involved. So it's like a big jigsaw puzzle. And for the multinational companies, I am piecing all of these little pieces together, treaties and tax law and employment law and agreements that hopefully will spare them from some of the consequences of tax law and treaties and so forth. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Best career in the world. Um, I have traveled the world by the internet, never left my office, but <laughs> by golly, in fact, when I was talking with my friend uh, Julie about Sri Lanka, I'm like, I think I've done legal work in Sri Lanka. <laughs> so as my career is moving forward, and I'm thinking, you know, this is really a great gig, I'm, I'm in this career field for about 12 years, and I hit a bump <clears throat> with my partner, the lawyer that I had been working with. And he and I kind of part ways. And now I'm left to develop a book of business all on my own. And I had not ever taken on that responsibility. So I'm doing my thing and trying to figure out where my niche is. And I decide to go to Colorado, which is my, that's That's where God and I do a lot of really good talking, and that's my therapy, and that's my place. And a friend of mine gave me a bunch of tapes to listen to, and so I was listening to one, and the main thing that I kept hearing from this one tape was, if God wants to make a career move in your life, he'll get you fired. (laughs) I thought, oh good, that's encouraging. And sure enough, after I came back from Colorado, I met with our our firm management. The manager was falling all over himself, apologetic, but apparently somebody didn't like the fact that I wasn't bringing in Boku money, so I needed to find another opportunity elsewhere. So I applied to a number of jobs and tried to figure out, you know, what was my next step? I wasn't sure I would find the kind of law practice like this where I could do a whole lot of, of work from an a international perspective. Um, so anyway, long and short, God sent me to a Bible study, which is always where God sends people, right, when they need, adva- need advice. Um, and it was a Dallas Justice Bible study. There's actually a group of lawyers in Dallas that, that work together that are called the Dallas Justice Group, and they put on a Bible study every once in a while, and they invited speakers to come speak. And we heard about um, ACT, Advocates for Community Transformation, which is doing some amazing work in fighting crime houses in Dallas. We heard about IJM, International Justice Mission, which you know we've all probably heard about. They, they rescue slaves from... Um, places in India and uh, Africa, China, so forth. And I heard about ALARM, African Leadership and Reconciliation Ministries. I met a man named Celestin Musakura, who was a Rwandan, lived through the genocide, and ALARM came out of the Rwandan genocide. So I went to lunch with him, and I told him how excited I was about what ALARM was doing. And he listened politely, and we had a lovely conversation, and he said, why don't you go on a mission trip with us? So I called Arlene, who happened to be the the person, I guess, over missions at the time or something. had a meeting with her and told her how excited I was about what Alarm was doing and how I would like to help and be involved, and she said, why don't you go on a mission trip? <laughs> I'm thinking... Well, right, by by this time, I have left my law firm, started my own law practice because I hadn't found a job yet. A lot of my clients came with me, so I had I, I had the semblance of a book of business, very light book, <laughs> only about three pages. But I had a little book of business, and so I'm I'm trying to find. What what am I doing? I have no idea. I'm thinking that um, because I'm such a brilliant lawyer, surely everybody has heard by now that I've opened my own law firm and they're just going to come talk to me. Not. Um, I'm talking to this guy named Celestin Musakura. He's got a justice ministry. Surely he would want to reach out to me. Not. And so... Through this this process, as I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing and where I'm supposed to be going, I started realizing that as I would meet with people, with friends, with uh, lawyers who might have a job opportunity for me or what have you, I would talk about international law for about five minutes, and then I would immediately launch into justice, Pro bono work, helping the poor, working with ACT, working with, you know, pick, a, pick an organization. And I realized I, I had been the pro bono legal coordinator, which means I, I helped lawyers find pro bono work opportunities at my, my last law firm. So I had loved that work. And I thought, well, maybe I can leverage this and try to get this, make this into a business. And so as I'm going along in this one-year period, I'm realizing that clients are slowing down, that my business development skills are pretty poor. Um, I'm passionate about justice. I want to see people, particularly lawyers, I want to see lawyers regain the stature that they once had in the community. We used to be the people that everybody looked up to, not because we were on a pedestal, but because we had wisdom and understanding and helped people reconcile their problems and came up with creative solutions. And so we, we were kind of the people that helped, helped the communities, not tear them apart and not make them bankrupt. So, as I was going through this this period, my savings was starting to get a little thin, like my book of business. And I I thought, well, okay, God, you've you've put on my heart that my passion is justice. Okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to ask some people to pray with me. Novel concept. particularly for a lawyer, because usually I have it all together. I know the answers or I know where to find them. And I look in the Bible and I think I'm going to find the answers there. And it says, pray. Okay, God. Um, so I asked, I don't know, 20, 25 people to pray with me. And we're praying about justice Um, About six months before that time, this is now, uh, I'd say, December, January, January of 2018. Um, About six months before that, I had planned a trip in January to go to Nashville to visit my college um, roommate and, and friends and get a little weekend away. So about a week before this trip, a friend of mine who did go on that mission trip that Arlene wanted me to go on, but I couldn't make it happen at the time frame that she wanted, got, received a, an email from Alarm. And it, it was a Director of Justice Initiatives position. They were hiring. Wow. Come to find out this position was available a year before. But God knew that I had to go through this year. I had to learn myself that I was not cut out for business development, not in that way, that my passion was justice, and I had to embrace my passion and realize that that's really where God had been moving me all along. Not that I'm the greatest pro bono queen in the world, but I just have a heart for people. And and when I counsel my clients, even now, I still have a few clients left, and, and after I go through all the law stuff, I sit down and we talk. We talk about what does God's word say about dealing with somebody in this situation. I want them to have more than just what the law says they should have. So she sends me, the job application. And I immediately respond. I send my resume in, and I hear from your friend, Catherine Holloway. Wonderful woman. And she says, oh, we want to interview you. So I interviewed Catherine over the phone, had a great interview. It all seemed to go really well until she said, so how much do you want to get paid? And I gave her what I thought was very reasonable for a former downtown big law law firm attorney. And I really thought that, you know, yeah, this is, this is God's nonprofit. I'm sure he can throw a few bucks my way. And she about fell out of her chair. And she said, well, this, is, this number is all we have. And I said, well, you know, let's, let's, let's pray about this. So she went back to her group, and I'll have to let her tell. I, don't, I honestly don't know what, what transpired, but I immediately headed to the airport to go to this trip to Nashville. And I don't usually stop at Cantina Laredo for a margarita, but I did that <laughs> night and had a little conversation with a man sitting next to me. Actually, we didn't talk until he decided to get up and leave. And then he said, oh, by the way, are you going to Nashville? I said, yes, I'm going to Nashville. Well, if you go to Nashville, you need to eat at Puckett's Grocery. Oh, okay, great. So He leaves. I get on the plane, sit down in between two people because I'm that late on Southwest. And the man sitting next to me is just chatting away. Have you ever been to Nashville before? I said, well, I've been a few times. Well, you know, there's this place you need to go eat. It's called Puckett's Grocery. And I'm thinking... Well, then I guess maybe we'll go to Puckett's Grocery. Yeah. So I got to my friend's house, and I we were chatting about what we were going to do, and I said, by the way, two people told me we needed to eat at Puckett's Grocery. And they had mentioned, like, the downtown location. Apparently there are several. And she said, you know what? The original is in a place called Leaper's Fork. It's a tiny crossroads that has, um, you know, Antique shops and things like that, and, and art galleries. So why don't we go to Leaper's Fork? I've never been there, and I'm thinking, no, they said the downtown location. But okay, it's got a Puckett's grocery in it. We'll 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 go to Leaper's Fork. Drive up to Leaper's Fork. The first um, art gallery on the end of the town. I mean, it's literally a crossroads. It is. N- you know David Arms. Oh my. So I walk in, it's, it's, it's a lovely barn. I walk in and there are paintings of, uh, there's a lot of nature paintings. My first thought is, you know, man cave. Um, pictures of quail, pictures of birds, pictures of lambs, pictures of birds sitting on a table, 12 in fact, with a white one and a black one. Um, some bread and wine, a nest with three eggs. And I started reading the captions, and it was fear not, be still, and know, trust. It was the most overwhelming sense of God's presence the pictures were just everywhere I turned were telling me that God is worthy of being trusted. God will provide. He provides for the ravens. He provides for the birds. He provides for the flowers. He will clothe the flowers and the birds and me if I will seek his his kingdom first. And I just, I'm, I'm hanging on every painting and just, okay, God, okay, uh, I'll trust you. I'll trust you. I will trust you. I think you're telling me to trust you. I'm hearing a trust thing going. And then I got to the last wall, and there were photographs of Africans, and I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking, "Okay, God, I think I think you're telling me to trust you and it involves Africa." Wow, how amazing. So I walked out of that gallery just completely blown away. I was I thought, "Okay, I've heard from God." And I used to wait for, you know, bricks to fall out of the sky. Well, a brick finally fell out of the sky. And I get it. God, I'm going to trust you. Great weekend with my friends. I return back and I wait for a week to hear from alarm. And I hear nothing. Finally, I called Catherine and I said, um, or I sent her an email probably. uh, I haven't heard from this person you said was going to follow up. And she wrote me back and she said, I'm sorry, your salary requirements are too high. And I thought, wow, okay. I just got pummeled by a few bricks. God was telling me to trust him. And they've made a different decision on the salary, which you recall that comment from my dad about, you know, don't give it all away. I had become quite accustomed to not giving it all away. And so I had really wrestled with God about trusting him with salary. That's a tough thing. When you're accustomed to this much and you're being offered this much and you got two, I've got two. One's still in college. One's living with me trying to figure it out. Um, Ex-husband's not in the picture. So... I'm thinking, okay, God, I I, want to trust you, but apparently the decision's been made. And it occurred to me that that now was really the point that God needed to get me to. Am I going to fight for what God has revealed? Or am I going to allow this organization to make a decision on the basis of salary when that really should be between me and God. So I I can't remember who I called. I called somebody, wrote him an email. I think it was probably Catherine. And I said, you know, if you guys have a candidate that is better, more qualified, that is doing what you need for me to be doing, and, and great, hire them. But if the only reason is that we're kind of far apart on salary, then let's let that between me and God. Let's let God enter the equation. The next day, I got a call from Celestin, and he said, come in and interview. So I went in. We had a lovely interview. He said, you know, honestly, my only question is, Can you handle the salary? Is that okay? And I said, yes. God has told me it's okay. So we shook on it. And I said, oh, by the way, I went to this cool art gallery outside of Nashville. Have you ever heard of a guy named David Arms? And he he thought for a minute. He said, you know what? I have. He went to South Sudan with Alarm in, you know, 2012 or whatever. The pictures on the wall were Alarm-trained South Sudanese. It was not just Africa. It was Alarm. And so God got me the job that he had been preparing me for for much longer than I thought, but at, at the very least for about 16 to 18 months, and I have been to Africa, and I have seen the beauty, I have seen the poverty, I have seen the challenges, and I have seen a people who, when you talk about suffering, we don't know a tenth of what they deal with daily. And there is more joy and more love and more peace and more grace in one day with them than there is very often in a week, a month, or a year in Dallas, because they love each other and they love God. And when I talk to lawyers in Congo, about God's command not to take bribes, they listen, and they pledge to change the way they practice law. When I talk to them about caring for widows and orphans, they understand the call to do legal aid work, pro bono legal aid work, which was a completely una- completely unknown concept 10 years ago. We are changing the just the face of justice in Africa because of God's word, not because this brilliant law t- UT law student went over there and said, you've got to do it, but because God said, you've got to do it and their hearts are receptive. So um, the exciting thing is that alarm is actually, and this is part of my vision. I would tell people, that the reason that I joined Alarm is that I want to take Dallas lawyers over there so they can learn how to be better people and bring them back. (laughs) So now we're going to bring our conference to the United States, and we are going to have a a peace-building conference in the United States in October. And that really is the vision that I had. I love Africa. What's beautiful to me is that God had this plan. And I finally saw how intricate and detailed his plan was for my life so that as I was panicking and worrying and wondering and people said, oh, no, he's got this, he's got this, I now understand what they mean. So whatever you're planning or worrying or wondering about, he's got this. Thank you.
1: I'm always in awe of God's creativity, the way He connects with each person individually to our own unique traits and personalities. Of course, this isn't something new with God. In fact, consider Jesus. When He walked this earth, He didn't try to impress people with His knowledge, He who has all knowledge. Instead, he talked to people about their jobs and things going on in their lives, telling stories about farming, fishing, sheep herding, and baking. He spoke about money with the wealthy man and about water to a woman at a well. He broke it down for each and every person so all could know who he was and how to follow him. So is it any surprise that our Lord would create a personal puzzle for Diane, a person who loves to put all the puzzle pieces together? Through solving her own personal puzzle, God led Diane to her new career with Alarm, dropping a clue here, a suggestion there, and finally sending puzzle pieces cascading down upon her. Our Lord patiently laying the groundwork for Diane to piece this puzzle together in order for her to realize God's calling upon her life, for her to know in her heart that he will supply all of her needs. Jesus will do the same for you and me in a way that seems simple and yet so complex. He will lead you to discover his design for your future. To catch a glimpse of this mystery, check out Psalm 139, where God explains just how intimately He knows you and how intricately your DNA was formed. To see photos of Diane and learn more about Alarm and their incredible work around the world, visit our website at wonderfultotell.com and please subscribe to our show so you won't miss out on any of our episodes. Special thanks to Michael and Karen Wilcutts for hosting this recording session. This episode was produced by Kevin and Katie Conrad and Tracy Conrad with the invaluable support of our crew members. Brad, Michael, Lindy, Mark, Debbie, Nancy, Haley, Jeffrey, and John Alfred. Lindy Conrad came up with our name. Michael Conrad composed our intro and Matt, Jeff, and Justin from Fort Worth High Tech Signs created our logo. If you have a story wonderful to tell, let us know. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at our website, wonderfultotell.com. And thanks for listening.